Hello and welcome back to OT and Chill, all things occupational therapy with me, Kwaku. Putting yourself in a position to support and advocate for others is always a fantastic thing to do. Today I am joined by Kalima Ibrahim as she is standing for the RCOT Council Member for England, supporting all the occupational therapists based in England. Let's get right into it. So in this episode, I'm just collaborating with the BAME OT UK network to talk to one of the members, one of our members, uh, who is going for an RCOT council position in an upcoming election for those positions up there. So some of you might have seen uh, this person's face on the BAME OT UK YouTube platform, um, but for those who haven't, hello Kalima, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> Fantastic. So you just tell me a little bit about yourself just before we get into some of the conversation. Okay, so my name's Kalima Ibrahim. I'm an occupational therapist and I've worked in many areas. I've worked in the acute community, uh, prisons and um, like learning with learning disabilities and neurology and many across the spectrum really over the years. It's a good experience. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. so. Uh, how long have you been qualified for now? for about eight years now okay, okay. yeah and I, I went to Brunel University as well so I'm a Brunel alumni so prior to that what were you what were you sort of doing um, prior to going to university to study occupational therapy before that I actually did a previous degree in media and cultural studies and I worked with I worked for a um, like a non-profit organization in Westminster and how I got that's how really how I got exposed to OT as well where we worked in a school and we were doing uh, vid- videos and editing and things with with children with learning disabilities and there was an OT that also worked there so I also kind of got the feel for OT and then I decided to go and pursue a career in OT. Okay, so you, so you yeah. sort of brought your creativity across to, yeah. <laughs> to occupational therapy and we're, we're, we're very thankful to have you in the, <laughs> in the profession. Um, so um, one, of the, one of the things we want to talk about today is that you've put yourself in a position <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to, uh, to go and, um, you know, go on the RCOT council seat. So you are a candidate for the RCOT council. Yeah. member for England specifically well, yeah. what does this particular role involve okay so our court has is made the council's made up of nine seats so you have the chair then you have the four nation seats England Northern Ireland Scotland and Wales then you have an international WFOT seat and then you have industrial relations learning and development and research and development seats it's made up of, of nine people nine seats so I'm, I'm on the ballot for the England seat so the role involves advocating for our COP members, which are obviously occupational therapists and the profession at a local level and national level, professional standards, getting involved in policy and procedures, um, looking at issues that are affecting members and the, and the profession as a whole, um, which might include maybe lobbying government, looking at continued uh, professional development, obviously known as CPD for all our members and anything that affects OTs, OT students, and our profession as a whole so it's quite a uh extensive yeah it's it's a lot to do it it, is quite a it is a lot yeah (laughs) and is this is this role is a paid role is a voluntary role or what is it oh it's an unpaid role yes unpaid role so the council meets uh four times a year and uh, but in between that you will have things to do so you will be liaising with all the regional groups and getting involved with anything that 
you know throughout the years anything that goes on with OT you, you kind of get involved with those things but you meet officially four times a year mm. so you'd be doing that alongside your paid employment or whatever you're doing and and me I'm working as a practitioner so it'll be alongside my paid employment okay so it's quite a you know it's, it's quite a position to take when you of course you you're not getting paid for it which is absolutely fine but to put yourself in those kind of positions it's quite a thing to do for the profession mm. and for yourself as well so with yeah. that why did you decide to put yourself up for it because a lot of people might say well let someone else do it type of thing why yeah. did you decide to put yourself up for this position <laughs> me so well I've seen the roles come up in the past you know when you get the ballot in the post and you've opened the envelope and you've seen all the statements and the photographs and I've never put myself forward I've always felt oh, well I'm not an assistant director I'm not a director you know and tell myself you know in commas I'm only you know uh, an OT I'm only a practitioner and these roles are beyond my scope so after lots of you know um, you know and saying people don't look like me in these roles as well and that was a major factor for me so and I'm still in clinical practice and I've always been interested but you know after speaking to I've spoken to some some council members some previous council members as well who've actually held the seat and researching the role you know encouragement from other OTs and colleagues and decided to run for the seat I, I feel I have a lot to offer mm-hmm. um, advocating for OTs and I, you know I do this I'm a union representative as well so I, I do this so I always represent OTs as well in, in the workplace so it's something that I've done in the past and which I continue to do and for the profession so and working in clinical practice as well I feel that I'm not far removed so some of the feedback that I've had from OTs is that they feel that maybe sometimes you know people that hold these seats maybe have done clinical practice such a long time ago they might not remember what it's like uh, working on the front line I don't know what the other council members roles are and there so I'm not saying that they don't have that or they're still not working in clinical practice I actually don't know so I'm just speaking from the, the feedback that I've received and obviously I'm on the front line as well and I feel that I'm able to take these issues, try and influence policy procedures, look at what will affect OTs as the profession. So I feel that I'm, yeah, I feel that I'm able to do the role and it, it took a lot of persuading and lots of thinking. And I just thought, you know, I'm going to go forward. And then I got two nominations. So, and that was the, the requirement. So I thought, okay, let me go for it and, and see. Oh, that's great. You know, I just, yeah, like I said, I think anyone that puts themselves up for that position, it, it's, it's got to be admired because it's not, especially when you're not getting paid for it. And especially that means you have a real oh. passion for wanting to help people and wanting to make things better for everybody, you know, not, oh. not just for yourself, because we could all easily just, like you said, I'm just an OT and just go to work and come back and yeah. not do anything. <laughs> but you just, you're actually doing something else, advocating for people, advocating for the profession. So, so that's fantastic. In terms, I think you described earlier as every nation within the UK has its uh-huh. own representatives so yeah. what what are some of the general benefits of having a if we focus on England specifically what are some uh-huh. of the general benefits of having an England representative on the RCOT council okay so the England seat so you're responsible for the OT and the OT profession within England so it's a, it's a big responsibility so the England member that would liaise with all the regional groups so and then all, also you'll find out what's happening within the re, within their areas find out their concerns what's working well as well so the council and then you would feed back to the council hmm. and then you would raise any issues and and this will also enable ARCOT to know what's happening on the ground with OTs you know how to influence policy procedures looking at governance and at a national and government level 
So you can imagine, obviously, it's a very important role for the profession within England. And similarly, the other uh, three nations will be doing the same thing as well. So it, it, obviously, it's a, it's a huge role. So mm. breaking it down into the four nations obviously makes sense because of the amount of work and the amount of liaising and things that you would have to do with, with the regional groups. So it's one of the things of if I, as part of my regional uh, group, if I've got a concern and then I raise it to, I don't know, who, whoever the chair is of my regional mm. group, that could be escalated to uh, maybe you and then you can then escalate it to the council level and the, and the board level in our city. That's what it, yeah. it sounds like. So yeah. yeah. So it sounds like, a, like a, yeah, there's a, there's a smooth, uh, yeah, there's a smooth way to get to the top for the member that, that just wants to be an OT and just wants yeah. to do, do their work yeah. and go home. Do you... it, I mean, I suppose if it's something that can't be sorted out locally, then yes, yes you can escalate it depending obviously what the issue is. Of course, of course, of course. Have you ever been involved in any of the um, regional, yeah, regional groups and regional yeah. councils? Yeah, so I've gone to meetings um, and that's probably about it. But I, but locally, obviously, with my, my own organisation, mm. I've been involved in the OT groups there and the, the, union, the unison groups there as well. Okay, so thinking about you mentioned before there's uh, people that don't look like you, um, they, or you haven't seen people that look like you that uh, have gone for some of these seats or even on these seats um, before. You know, diversity and race relations have been has been a hot topic over the mm, last mm. Um, year and over the last few, um, few years. Do, do you feel that being a black woman will have an impact on whether or not you are successful, and um, if if so, why, and if not, why not? it's a good question question. so probably a loaded question as well really but yeah yeah I'll break it down okay so basically diversity and race obviously has been brought to the forefront of all aspects of society over the past year so um, in health and social care in politics in criminal criminal justice system in education and obviously the list goes on I feel it's a good thing that we're able to we're made aware of these issues and we're able to have these discussions these you know brave conversations which obviously are uncomfortable for a lot of people but also, you know, different ethnic groups. So you've got, you know, diversity, sorry, disability, gender, LGBTQ issues. So I feel that it can make, it's making society really more tolerant. And I feel that people are gaining more awareness and knowledge. So, you know, and it's also good for us. So we know how to treat our patients, our colleagues, and how to develop and improve the profession. I'm also, I'm about inclusion, representation for all, for all members, regardless of ethnicity, disability, gender, LGBTQ. Um, Many of us fit many of these categories as well. And, you know, all the intersections are obviously regardless of our race. So... The answer to your question, me being a black woman, obviously I'm of, of mixed heritage, will will it affect my su- successful election? I don't know. That's the answer. I don't know. I don't know if I appeal to people, if I wouldn't appeal to people, I, I really don't know. I hope my race does not impact on whether or not I'll be successful in the election or not. And I want people to vote for me based on my values, my election statement, what I can bring to the council and being able to represent OTs in our profession in England. So, I mean... I advocate obviously equality, diversity, equity, inclusion for all members. I'm able to represent them regardless if they fit into any of those boxes. But only about 12% of members uh, vote in the ARCOT elections anyway. So we've got around 34,000 OTs registered with ARCOT, but only a 12% turnout. And that's very, very low in comparison. It's only, you know, a few thousand. So I encourage all members to vote, even if it's not for me, but getting involved in the democratic process, engaging with the membership organisation, because, you know, ARCOT's there to represent OTs and the profession. 
and we're obviously within U- the UK. So, you know, vote, get involved, speak to your friends, your colleagues, and hopefully we can have a bigger turnout than the, the normal 12% that usually vote in these ballots. Yeah, no, that's when I was interviewing Kian last year when he was going mm-hmm. for one of the council members' seats. And he said very similar things to what you said. It's, actually, there's not, it's, yeah, it, it might have an impact, it might not have an impact, which is fine. But the main thing is actually getting the, the members to be involved in the voting mm. process because if you don't like yeah. one person, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> you know, you mm-hmm. don't have to like the person, or you don't have to like what they're saying in the, the statement, election statement, the manifesto. But just get involved in the process and vote for someone because these people are, will be representing you at exactly. such, a, such a higher level. So that makes absolute yeah. sense. Up. Um, yeah. Thanks for that. And at this point, I don't know who the other members are. So usually we would raise the other members, but we, the ballots have the ballots were posted, I think, on the 1st of April. Okay. So we should be receiving, obviously, there's a bank holiday weekend, so we should be receiving them. So I don't know who the other members, uh, other candidates on the, the council are. But yeah, just vote regardless <laughs> of it. If it's me, but I think everyone should get involved. Um, which is a good thing for us to all, well, all when, when when I find out um, who the other two people are I will um, link them into the, the show notes um, for, so people can go and check out what their statement says and, and yeah. you know, co- get in conversation with them via social media just to find out a little bit more because you are voting for someone to represent you you might yeah. not feel it at an individual level yeah. but in general mm-hmm. you're feeling it at, at a profession level which is always um, very important Yeah. so you know I started talking about um, diversity and we've just, we've just gone through that a little bit um but talking about it in general you are part of the bay multi uk network which both of us are uh, members of which mm-hmm. kicked off like last year and we've done a lot of things and you know mish has done some fantastic episodes for the podcast on, on youtube how has being part of this group helped you develop over the last year and sort of you know you would have put yourself in this position to be in a, an election process for an rcot mm. council seat yeah. So um, being part of the network, so it's, it's enabled me to grow and develop as a practitioner as well and to network and to network and not just with OTs, but with other AHPs and, and health professionals in general, uh, meet people um, I probably never would have met actually all across the country. Um, I meet people, especially online um, with always our Zoom meetings and things like that at the moment. So, you know, I've got in, getting involved in research I'm gaining knowledge, uh, mentorship as well. I'm receiving mentorship as well as providing me- mentorship as well, being more involved with students, um, gaining experience lecturing OTs as well, OT students, and more involved in social media as a professional network, which I, I really wasn't before. Yeah, it, it's, it's been a positive experience for me and obviously probably many others as well. And I feel that maybe would I have put myself in this role Probably not because I was always a little bit, like I said earlier on, you know, people didn't look like me or I feel I didn't have the skills to do it or, you know, and and speaking to people and realizing, well, I have these qualities, I have these skills, I have these experiences, it might not look traditionally what someone might look like in these roles you know they've been an assistant director and I spoke Mm. to somebody and they said oh I've done the normal stuff you know I've been head of service I've been the assistant director I've been the director and I was thinking that's not normal that's not normal for a lot of the practitioners regardless of your race gender etc that's not normal you know so obviously people are successful in those roles but um I just felt that 
as a practitioner, you know, working on the front line that I'm able to, to bring something and, and speaking to other practitioners. And obviously in the network, you've got um, practitioners, you've got students, you've got um, educators. So everyone coming from all different backgrounds and you're having those discussions and it's, you know, for growth and, and learning. And I think it's a very good, very good network and, and very good opportunities for us to, to get involved and really um, gain confidence and grow as a profession. Because when we grow, obviously we're providing better services and care for our patients yeah absolutely well. absolutely you're right and it's one of the things i think is from uh, just being involved in i think it's elevated a lot of people's confidence i think it's just about mm. the confidence i think i don't think anyone anyone fears about um doing these sort of roles yeah you might yeah. be a little bit nervous about it but it's about the confidence to put yourself in positions or uncomfortable positions <laughs> that you've yeah. not been in previously to um, to gain or to help people other people succeed oh. we're coming to the end so thank you very much for you i think you've said a lot about why people should vote for you or why should people should vote <laughs> for you but uh, finally have you got any have you got any uh, things to say about why our team members specifically in england should should vote for you well obviously I'd, I'd love everyone to vote for me but obviously you know you get involved in the democratic process and you look at the other candidates and you feel if you feel that i'm able to you know I'm able to represent you then yes I would obviously want your your vote but um, I want the members to know that I represent our profession as a whole regardless of your race your gender disability LGBTQ um, I want members to feel that um, their vote matters and hopefully increase the voter participation you know obviously as I said previously it's around 12% so hopefully we can get you know a higher turnout for obviously um, registered OTs and students to vote so I want someone to vote on me based on merit and values um, not for any other reason and I feel that I want members to know that I'm able to represent them I'm just hoping that yeah I We'll, we'll see how it goes anyway so but as i said before the ballots were posted on the 1st of april and uh, members in england should receive their ballots within the next few days and it closes on the 4th of may at noon so members will need to get their post their ballots back in enough time so they get counted um yeah and i'm contactable on on social media as well for um any questions anyone want to have any discussions with me i i welcome that that's fantastic um off the top of your head do you know your social media handles or is it something that we can yep. put go on then no, my social media handle so my twitter i mainly use twitter is at and it's kalima k-a-l-i-m-a-h and then it's ot all one word and the instagram as well is kalima k-a-l-i-m-a-h underscore ot so um yeah you can get in contact with me on social media i don't mind having discussions with people answering questions i welcome them and yeah everyone vote so you can <laughs> get a bigger turnout than 12 percent yeah, yeah that's the i think that's one of the things is those yeah it would be fantastic for you if you were to be um you know voted into the position elected into the position but the main thing is everyone that is a member should yeah. get involved with this because we again whoever gets the uh, whoever wins it's, it's going to be representing you at such a yeah. high level in in, in the in the rcot so thank you very much kalima um I, 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 I hope, yeah yeah i think you you, you you've um yeah told us about yourself well and you've told us about why you're waiting for this position so hopefully everyone gets involved in it all right thanks very much for having me Thank you so much, Kalima, for taking the time out to come and talk to us about why you're standing for this position. At the time of recording, I am not aware of the other candidates, but it should be on the ballot papers which come through your post in the next few days. Guys, make sure you get involved and vote. It's very simple to do. Just tick the person that you would like to vote for and put it back in the post and return it to the RCOT. Until next time, guys, stay safe. <laughs>